his whole mantra, and my mom was the same way, was to be of service, you know, to help other people, that that's the meaning of life. You're listening to Business in Board Shorts, the only podcast dedicated to coastal entrepreneurs and business owners. Let's dive right into this week's episode. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. You're based in LA right now. Have you lived there your whole life? No, no. I grew up in Kansas, grew up in Overland Park, Kansas, which is a suburb of Kansas City. Uh, My family, my extended family are all from a little town outside of Wichita called El Dorado. Not El Dorado, El Dorado. Uh, And a bunch of them are still there. But then uh, I ended up getting accepted into college uh, at, at Northwestern outside of Chicago. And I lived there and then moved into the city for about four years and then ended up in LA in 92. So I've been, I've been here a long time. What would you say the vibes like in LA? Oh, it's, I, I mean, LA gets a tear is, has, gets a terrible rap, um, you know, and I think people associate it with uh, very vapid people, uh, crazy politics and traffic. That's what I hear the most. And uh, th- those are all true, but um, it's also an amazing city. It's fantastic. I just, I love LA. The key to LA is the outdoors component. Uh, so like, it, it, it's not like a city city like Chicago or New York. It's it's like a city that's been smashed and spread out like a pancake. But um what makes it amazing is, you know, they say this is a joke, but it's actually true. You can you can, you know, hike a mountain, uh, you know, surf and go skiing all in one day and then go to the desert, which is true. And and so that's it's amazing. And coming from I know you're in the Midwest coming from the Midwest and having great weather. It's 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 a bit it's, you know, people are like, don't you miss the don't you miss the the seasons? And, and, and I say yes for them, but the truth is no, not really. <laughs> Winter in Chicago is brutal and I've had my fill. <laughs> I, I think if I just had snow on Christmas or Christmas Eve, I'd be good. And the other right. 300, whatever amount of days don't need snow ever again. Right. My wife is a native uh, from Los Angeles. And of course my kids are. So they just see snow as like a recreation thing, a thing you, you go to, you know, they, they don't, they don't know how to scrape a windshield or put salt on the driveway or all the things that that they don't know it. They just, they think it's a fun thing. (laughs) Let's talk about, let's, let's uh, rewind the clock a little bit for those that don't, aren't familiar with your work, just give a quick overview of, of what you've done and some highlights. Okay. I, yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm probably best known as uh, one of the original Geico caveman from the uh, caveman commercials. Uh, I've also been, you know, uh, uh, I, I starred in and, and created uh, two series, one on uh, TBS called 10 items or less and another one on Hulu called quick draw. Uh, I also did a, a series for Sony uh, called Jailbait, and then I, as a as a guest actor, I've been on lots. I've been on Friends and 
movies, uh, Noah Baumbach's films. I was in a bunch of his and small parts. And uh, I also perform live as a, as a comedian. Would you say that you knew from an early age you wanted to get into the acting arena? I mean, I, I mean, I loved it, you know, but in Kansas, you know, it just, you don't run into a lot of people who make a career out of acting and you, you hear about it and it seems like something far away. So I, I honestly, I, I loved performing. I, I guess if you'd asked me at that time, I would have thought that performing would be in my life in some way, but I was going to Northwestern to be a teacher. And then um, I ended up, uh, you know, applying into the theater department to get a double major. And then um, I just, you know, it just was after that, it was off and running. And, um, you know, I, I've had been very lucky, you know. <laughs> what is something that you would take from some of your early days that, that you still feel like you carry through? Maybe, maybe something that somebody told you or, or, or maybe just a relationship that you're like, I can't believe how, you know, that's just, it's lasted so long and it's opened so many doors. Yeah. I mean, I, I do have those relationships, but I think the thing that it, it's more of a philosophy that kind of was instilled in me early on was to make your own stuff, you know, and to produce and, and, and I never really wanted to be a producer. That wasn't like a goal of mine, uh, but it's a skill that I have. And I've, I've actually been, I just produced a bunch of commercials uh, and, and I do produce stuff, but really that skill set came because I learned early on from other people around me that you just got to do it yourself, you know, at, you know, and um, it, that, that started with live shows learning at Northwestern. <laughs> I learned how to, how to light a stage. And that was a skill that really paid off because actors don't know how to light a stage. And I'd constantly be in gigs where the lighting would be terrible. And I'd be able to do a couple of tweaks and, you know, at least see it, which was huge, you know, and you don't think about that kind of stuff. Um, and so, yeah, I, in my first series, 10 items or less, it was for TBS. It was a big show. And, and I was fortunate enough to be a showrunner, which is basically the uh, head producer. And I learned so much from that, which has only made me a better writer and performer. Speaking of that, uh, that was an awesome series. Were you guys filming in a live grocery store? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the series took place in a grocery store. It was a workplace comedy. And uh, to close down a grocery store, you can't. You really can't. And we wanted to be in a big one. We wanted to be in a real grocery store. And we didn't have like the huge budget to be able to build our own. Um, when we had a good budget, we had enough to rent it, but the only grocery stores that would rent were if you came in and shot in the graveyard shift after the grocery store closed before it opened, which is, I don't know if you've ever worked the graveyard. I've worked the graveyard shift as a waiter and it makes you kind of crazy. And it's, it's not, <laughs> I just knew from experience, it's hard to be funny at four or 30 in the morning. Uh, so we approached a, uh, a guy who owned a bunch of, uh, grocery stores in LA, actually my wife's uh, father, my father-in-law knew him and introduced me and I met with him and he and I struck the deal to rent his store that would stay open while we shot. And um, 
So all the people in the in the shoppers in the background of the of the series are real. Most of them are real shoppers. I mean, we had extras too because we needed people to do certain things. But and then sometimes I would improvise with the shoppers, and some of those moments made it onto the series, and they got paid. You know, they got paid to act in it. So it was crazy. It was really weird. Um, we had a holdup in the store one day. A guy came in and brandished a gun. We didn't know because we were in a not a great part. We were out in the valley in uh, uh, in uh, Reseda or Encino, and uh, we just all of a sudden there was this commotion. These cops come in, and on in the other side, we were shooting over in the deli, and this was on the opposite side of the store. But the, all of a sudden, some guy comes out handcuffed. And uh, my partner, Nancy Hauer, who directed all the episodes, was like, keep rolling, keep rolling. That's a sign of a good director. Keep rolling. We couldn't use any of it and didn't. But I, I remember hearing her keep keep rolling. And that's like that's the core uh, <laughs> place for a director to be like, well, no matter what, roll. Because you never uh, yeah, know. So you never know that. Never know. You never know. Uh, so, yeah, it was. It was that was a blast, really. Oh, and it, one other thing, the crew of the actual store and the crew of actors who played their counterparts <laughs> in the show, we all got to be friends because there was only one break room. So we were all interacting with each other and the actors were all shopping during the day. My daughter was a baby then. So my wife would call and say, get some diapers. And we all had grocery carts parked around the store and we would just fill them in at the end of the day, check out. It was, it was hilarious. It was bizarre. That's epic. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a great time. Talk about cold, sober comedy. When did you get started with that? Well, I've done stand-up for a long time. Um, and I, I started in improv, really, uh, in Chicago. That's that's my background. But out of that, I became a, a writer and a, a, you know, a regular, quote-unquote, actor. And, uh, and, and started doing a little stand-up. I love it. It's fun. It, it's totally terrifying and crazy, but it's, it's a blast. And, um, but, and, and in, and I've been sober for 25 years. So I would talk about, you know, being sober, what it's like, uh, in funny ways and talk about my life before I got sober in funny ways. And, uh, a friend said, Hey, there's a, um, an organization, a not-for-profit in uh, Atlanta that's looking for somebody to do like an hour of material. Uh, and it's their recovery group, their recovery uh, not-for-profit, really big one named Karen, C-A-R-O-N uh, Institute, which has been around forever and they do incredible things. And they needed somebody to kind of, for, for a charity event. And I went out and did it and I had a blast. It was just like so much fun. And, you know, performing in stand-up clubs is fun, but there's a lot of downsides too. Um, but performing, I don't know, for a good cause like that and with people, you know, recovering addicts and alcoholics were in it. It was basically half recovering alcoholics and addicts and the other half rich people who they were trying to get to donate to help them. Uh, and it was, you know, and so I so I did that and then I kept doing them and now I've done yeah, I just and, and so I call it cold sober comedy because, uh, you know, I basically talk about my sobriety, but in it has a positive message of like, what do you do after you get sober? 
people talk so much about how to quit. What do you do to get, but that's in a crazy way. That's the easy part. It's living with it. That's the hard part. And that's sort of what my show's about. What's it been like the last, let's call it two years with year and a half, two years with COVID? You know, it's, it's weird. And I, I you know, I, I've, it's so bizarre because it's this horrible thing, you know, million, hundreds of thousands of people in the United States, millions of people around the world have lost their lives. It's this incredibly dark time, but at the same time, you, and I keep hearing this from other people too, that it's this horrible, scary time, but also good things have come out of it too. And you, you hear people say that, at least I have. And, and that's been my experience. Like, you know, um, cause I have two kids, so we were all hunkered down together. So I got to spend time with my kids that, you know, we never would have had. Um, and I got to kind of focus on my work and creating, you know, shows and ideas that I did a lot of writing and, um, yeah, so it was, man, what a time we're in, huh? It, I mean, it's just, I, I feel like we're still, we're obviously we're still in it, but we're also like still in shock. We don't even know what just happened, <laughs> you know, uh, in a weird way. So um, I'm sure it's affected me. It's affecting my work, affecting what I like to talk about. It's affecting comedy as a whole. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what a time. What would you say looking two, three years down the road, where would you like to see all the different facets that you have? Um, just kind of like a maybe a quick little uh, thought on that. Where do you, where do you want to see it going uh, in the future? You know, I've always had a production company, but it's really just been to produce my, my own things. And I, what I'd really like to do, and I've, I've started to do that is um, expand out to be able to produce other people's projects. Cause as I get older, you know, uh, you know, I'm, uh, you know, a little bit more behind the scenes or I'm not playing the lead probably as much. I don't know, but, um, uh, to be able to support people in that way, um, is fun. You know, I, I, produ- like I said, I produced these series of commercials, uh, up in San Francisco for this huge company, big budget. And I was the producer and my job was basically to hire the team and to interface with the client. And it was a blast. I really enjoyed it. You know, it's not, is it as much fun as, you know, being in front of the camera? No, but it's, but it's fun and it's exciting. And it's great to be able to give other people jobs. Every, I was the only white dude on my crew. I'm proud. <laughs> they wanted, uh, they wanted it to be a diverse crew, which was awesome. And I was, um, and we were able to, uh, it was amazing. It was just an amazing group and giving people a chance to do a job, uh, above what they've been sort of relegated to was really cool. I think it just hit me what I, I didn't realize just in previously is just how many different areas that you can have your hand in and you can yeah. always just have that variety. I mean, I'm not, I'm not super familiar with the acting space. So that just, or their TV, you know, production space. So it never really hit me, but now thinking about it, I mean, you really, uh, you don't need to retire. You can just kind of, you know, okay, I'm going to take my hand off of this and I'm going to try this thing or whatever. And uh, I think it's really cool. Yeah, it is. And, and um, I've been blessed. I have this weird uh, career in that, you know, I, 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 the first show I starred in 
uh, was also the first show was a show that I created and produced and and wrote all the episodes. So I was kind of I, I have and and on on Quick Draw I was even the post production supervisor on the back end because I was involved in all the editing and we wanted it to you know look as good as it could look and so I I handled that part. So I had this experience from you know. The beginning to the end, the alpha omega, the from the mouth to the anus, whatever you want to put it, I've done it all, and um, that's cool because not a lot of people have. And I, to me, it's just like hey, I, this is just the way it unfurled. But when I talk to other people, they're like, "Wow, uh, you know, they've been right, you know, writer only their whole career, you know." Um, so to be able to see, and they all it's a collaborative thing, you know, it's meant to be done as a team anyway. Um, so it's cool. Yeah. It's neat. Two questions. Close out, the, close out the show. What is the best business advice you ever received? I was with, I, I did a pilot for Brandon Tartikoff, who was like poss- probably the bad, you know, the biggest, most successful television executive of all time, right? He's like the, 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 you know, he would be the, his picture would be in for a great executive. Um, And he, you know, he, uh, he didn't give me the advice, but I watched the way he behaved and he behaved in with humility, uh, honesty. um, um, uh, There was nothing sort of punishing about him he was you know he, he he knew that he wasn't curing cancer that we were just you know making television you know he was just amazing at pulling out the best of everybody on a crew he that's what he thought his job was i think that's how i took it i uh that that really taught me a lot you know it's not about getting the crew to do your idea it's about your idea putting the crew in the best possible situation to do what they do well and that's like a total flip you know uh way of looking at things it's sort of like a professional athletes and versus the coaches like the coach like right get the best out of the players yeah exactly if you've got two uh, two amazing tight ends do a lot of tight end two tight end sets you know <laughs> don't do you know five wide receivers use your best people and put them in the position to do their best yeah exactly exactly like that what's the best life advice you ever received you know my dad at 70 joined the peace corps and uh went to south africa and and tanzania and jamaica um, and served like three tours and, and his, his whole mantra, and my mom was the same way was to be of service, you know, to help other people that that's the meaning of life. I appreciate you hopping on with me. I wish you all uh, the best and continued success. Yeah. And let's definitely keep in touch. Well, yeah, absolutely. It's been great meeting you. Take care. Yep. You too. There's two things I love catching rays and catching new business. But getting tan is a lot easier than getting your business found online. If you're struggling to get new customers from your website, let my decade of experience work for you. Surf on over to callmect.com and fill out the quick form. I'll be sure to answer as soon as I get back from the beach.